It's a film with three brains. 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 Oh my god, you guys are freaks. Charles S. Driggs, upwardly mobile, recently promoted, house in the suburbs, father of two. At 2.30 on a Friday afternoon, what's about to happen to Charles is something wild. I'm Lulu. Charles, pleased to meet you. Wait, 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 where are we going? You don't turn around and take me back. You're gonna make me do something that I don't want to do. I can hardly wait. Do I look like the kind of guy who would run out on a check? I mean, come on. <laughs> you gotta fight for a woman like this. Sunglasses. I need sunglasses. Nah, keep them. You're beautiful. Something different, something daring, something dangerous. Melanie Griffith, Jeff Daniels, something wild. <laughs> Welcome to the Film with Three Brains. Sam in San Francisco. And this is Sean in Chicago. And I am Cohen in Maplewood, New Jersey. Yeah, great. And today we're doing something wild. I mean, that's the name of the movie. Something wild. <laughs> From 1986. Had to do it right away. Had to just throw that out there. The great? Um, or just no, the whole? just use the oh, title. Yes, good, good. In, yeah. Good I mean, showcraft. Yeah, right. I mean, pretty much we can end now, and it's... <laughs> Everyone will be satisfied. Yeah. <laughs> I thought of you a lot while watching this movie. Me? Yeah. Why? Because I was like, right now he's dying. Like, I just imagine that you hated this, like, over and over. I don't know if I'm right. I just... There's I mean, a you're lot not far off. I was like... <laughs> I wouldn't say I hated it. <laughs> All right. Um, I wouldn't say I liked it either. So you've you? seen it once or twice or once maybe? I saw it once before, but I, it was like watching it for the first time. The only thing I could remember really was the scene where Eric, uh, Eric uh, Ray Liotta chucks the chair through the glass. Oh, like that yeah. short, that just that shot even is like the only thing that ever stuck in my head from this movie. I, I couldn't remember much else about it. Only who was in it. Yeah, and even I, then I forgot. I forgot Ray Liotta was in it. I did I, too. I, was, I, for, I totally I forgot. Was, I just remember Jeff Daniels and, and Melanie Griffith. But Sam had never seen this before. True, and I'm on this secret mission of picking every movie except Silence of the Lambs done by uh, <laughs> Jonathan. Really, Demi? Yeah, Demi. He's, got well. some, he's got some stinkers, man. <laughs> I know we're fine. <laughs> I out. mean, in fact, in fact, he's got far more stinkers than good movies, actually. Well, okay, which is the unfortunate give... thing about Jonathan Demi. He's remembered so, for two. He just happened to make two goddamn fucking masterpieces, and so no one remembers the shit, and that's a good thing for him. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's what you want. It's kind of interesting because 
um, you know, exactly what you just said. But a lot of times we're used to people who their first movie is their one hit wonder. Yeah. And then they keep, you know, we over and over, we talk about people who like fizzle and, Mm -hmm. you know, we're, you know, like, oh, they had one okay movie, two really good movies. And then they, all the rest, you know, they made 10 other movies that were just so, so. And he's kind of the person who's just twice, like, I don't know what it is. Like, why is it just twice? I mean, he's made a ton <laughs> of things. Yeah. And is it is it luck? Is it, what's the difference between those two movies? You know, I'm assuming you're, you're talking about Philadelphia and Silence of the Lambs. Correct. So what's the difference between those two movies and all the other stuff he's made? That's a good question. Mm. I would say here, I've been thinking about it. And I, I think, I think, I think Philadelphia in particular was just extremely well written to begin with. And then Tom, uh, Hanks just comes out of nowhere with this incredible performance that blows everyone away. And that's so rare when an actor does something completely different than you've ever seen him do before and do it so well. You know, no one had seen Tom Hanks be that serious, really. There was glimpses of it in his career up until then. But this, this is his first drama, like straight up drama. And he just knocks it out of the fucking park. And it blows everyone away. I mean, how, how can you not remember that movie? Seeing Tom Hanks be a great actor for the first time, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And then Silence of the Lambs is just so well written. I feel like you'd, you could have just set a camera up in the corner. And let that cast play it out, and it'd have been a great movie. Well, you know, such strong writing and such good performances, you know, for both films. Okay, and I thought, okay, I, I agree with that. I, I mean, it's true. But Silence of the Lambs is based on an incredible book. Yeah. And so I thought, oh, maybe that's it. But Philadelphia is not based on an incredible book. No, it's just a good mm-hmm. script. So. so well, okay, let's let's throw in just for argument's sake. Let's throw in "Stop Making Sense," which is a concert film. Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever seen "Stop Making yes. Sense"? Okay. I've never seen the I whole have. thing. Um, I don't. I'm not going to compare it as a movie because let's let's face it, it's it's not the same thing. But I was wondering if like some of what he, <clears throat> well, I guess what I'm thinking is he seems all over the place as far as you know what kind of movies he likes to make. Mm-hmm. Um, he's hard to pin down. And and I, I don't remember specifically like what what kind of touches he did and what versus what um, David <laughs> David Byrne was doing. You know, David Byrne kind of came up mm-hmm. with the big suit idea and rehearsed it himself. And you know, so it wasn't just you know Jonathan Demme like it wasn't like Scorsese when he did his concert film, although for various reasons. Anyway, I'm I'm going too far down this rabbit hole. But all I'm saying is maybe there's something about the way he approaches movies that allows him to be more flexible, but also makes for more swings and misses. Like, you know, he hits some out of mm-hmm. the park and then, but he try he, he tries things that he's not comfortable with or maybe not really good at. That's my theory. I haven't seen enough. I mean, I've seen the ones we've done, of course. I, um, I didn't see like Rachel getting married, which was like 2008. Yeah. yeah me either. Um, nor do I really care to. It's just that I, you know, I'm just trying to figure out. Yeah, what is what is that? What's his deal? What's Demi's deal? Well, here, here I I can't answer that, but I but I can guess. 
And here's my guess. Maybe Jonathan Demme is just not a very good filmmaker. Hmm. You know, maybe he's fine. He's fine. With the right material, I think he looks better than he is. Perhaps. Like, in anyone else's hands, would Philadelphia and would um, Silence of the Lambs be just as good? I don't know. I suspect yes. Now, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking of people like Stanley Kubrick and, and, and Steven mm-hmm. Spielberg and um, or the Coen brothers, where even the movies I consider to be their least successful are still pretty fucking good. Mm-hmm. You know, or there's still, there's something, so, something interesting about them, something impressive, something you're like, wow, you know, and I don't think I can say that about Jonathan Demi stinkers, you know, so I don't know. Yeah. And then, and then so here's my last thought. His strength, it seems to me, perhaps is maybe in working with actors, you know, as a director, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe he just like. He gets good performances out of actors, but maybe not. Maybe, I mean, they say like, you know, 90% of, of good filmmaking is casting, you know? So like, if you get, you know, you have Tom Hanks suddenly giving this amazing performance, you don't have to, maybe he didn't have to do shit. He's just like, all right. You know, I mean, you read about, you read stories about directors who don't really talk to their actors much and they're like, well, cause I hired the best. I don't need to, you know? <laughs> He is very Which loyal because he had the same director of photography for all of these movies, including Married to the Mob. So mm-hmm. he's got Tak Fujimoto for Married to the Mob, Silence of the Lambs, Philadelphia. Yeah. This one, Something Wild. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if anything in there is an answer. It's just sort of thoughts. Yeah. I mean, it, it is. I think that's a pretty good guess because I do like some of the performances that he gets out of people. Um, not not across the board, but like I do think that like his his movies um, tend to delve into like personal foibles and stuff. Yeah. Um, for better or worse, sometimes it's too much. Like you know, Married to the Mob, it was just like silliness the entire time. But yeah, um, he's he's also weirdly responsible for two like pretty terrible remakes that I consider to be pretty uh, pretty ballsy. <laughs> to to remake Charade and the Manchurian Candidate, it's like, dude. Oh, right. Charade. Well, that's the truth about Charlie with, oh, okay. with Mark Wahlberg. There's a remake of Charade. I've seen like, Charade. Like, Charade. Relax there, Jonathan. <laughs> you know, it's a bit of hubris there, pal. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. But the other no, reason well, I bring up the Stop Making Sense is because... David Byrne and <laughs> is all over this movie. Right, it starts with yep. his one of his songs. I think yeah. he would have been the the high school reunion band if he if the band wasn't so big by then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know, I think Jonathan Demme was like, oh well, let's get let's give somebody else a crack. Oh, the Feelies, I really like this band. They're, the Feelies. They're the band that was. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. Which I, I I don't know I I not to jump right to music right away but sam what did you think of the the feelies and the and the the whole um i don't know the musical vibe <laughs> I, I actually thought the music was one of the better parts just because it yeah. had some songs and things that i hadn't heard a long time i liked that it switched up like you, you, 
you know, yeah. obviously I rec- recognized David Byrne the moment it started. It was, you know, um, and no, you know, Jonathan Demme's history. Um, but I, but overall, I liked the music. I thought the the music was stronger than than the rest of yeah. the movie. Um, as far as the Feelies doing their their covers, you know, I'm not a huge <laughs> fan of covers. Just as a, as a starting point. The, um, what, what about the Fame cover? Did you? <laughs> I thought that was so hokey that it was fun <laughs> no no i mean it's amusing just like the like in swingers the staying alive you know yeah there's yeah there's definitely amusing covers but are they covers that i would keep listening to over and over um you know no um <laughs> but no it, there, like there's just not that many that i do and unless people do something really different with it um so it just my my and this might not be fair but my approach to bands that that mainly you know do covers get famous for doing a cover it's you're taking something that everyone or a lot of people already knew was good and you know you're putting your voice to it but can you follow it up with with your real creativity your real thing like don't get me wrong nirvana did a ton of covers but they also did a lot of unique work that's was you know totally new so, um, yeah, whereas, you know, I hadn't heard Oingo Boingo in a long time, you know, so I was like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, so, <laughs> I, you know, UB40, I, I would have to say that some of the, uh, some of the Jamaican vibe, the, the reggae vibe yeah. of the movie didn't seem to go with anything else going it on. It wasn't in the very movie. organic. Was that the uh, same Jamaican place and then the lady from Married to the Mob? Oh, I you forgot know, to look that up. But she's yeah, singing yeah. like she sings the credits. Or she yeah, sings Sister the song at the end. Yeah. 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 She sings her version of Wild Thing. Yeah. Um Yeah, which made the the album for the movie because I actually looked that up, but did not the Trogs version, the original version, didn't make it. Wasn't yeah. on there. You know what else um, didn't make it? Any of the Feelies songs. Right. <laughs> but I guess there was like, what, 180 or some crazy number of songs that he used. It was the pastiche approach with the with the music. Oh, yeah. There was times. There was, I think, one of the times they they first hopped into the, you know, were, were leaving one of the Cadillacs. There was a blues song on. And, you know, and then that wasn't anywhere again. It, there was a lot of, a lot of different music i mean i think they, yeah. they had almost 50 songs in there um uh, we should probably do a really brief synopsis because i <laughs> sure. can't imagine a lot of people have seen this movie um sure. you know even though it's 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 a you know pretty famous cast um yeah you know you got melanie griffith jeff daniels ray liotta um so yeah jeff daniels is a young uh, I think investment banker who uh, gets hit on, picked up by uh, Melanie Griffith, who's kind of this kind of crazy, free-living woman who uh, somewhere between almost kidnaps him, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and they go on this this weekend-long road trip adventure um, in which. Uh, you know, she she initially passes him off as her husband to her mom, takes him to her her high school reunion, 
meets up with her ex-boyfriend, Ray Liotta, who just got out of prison, who then takes the two of them, like almost the same thing, essentially kind of kidnaps them <laughs> again and goes on a crime street spree. And then, you know, they try to escape. Fighting happens. They almost, almost escape again. More fighting happens. And then it's the end of the movie. Uh, with <laughs> with uh, Ray Liotta losing and Melanie and Jeff riding off into the uh, sunrise together. Yeah, sounds about right. I have to say that the biggest problem I have with this movie is that I never could buy into Jeff Daniels. Yeah. <laughs> Jack <I> Daniels? Could... <laughs> yeah. You mean... I heard you. I heard you say Jack, but maybe you said Jeff. Oh no, I said Jeff. Oh, okay. Maybe it's okay, sorry. Like um, well, I, I should have drank some Jack Daniels. And maybe then I would have bought into what was going on. I the so the couple things. One is that I just I have a hard time watching Melanie Griffith for a whole movie with her voice try yeah. to be this type of character. Um. She doesn't come off as, as the con artist type of woman in, or, you know, the, the adventure or whatever. She just seems too innocent with that voice. It just doesn't work for me. Yeah. But the thing about Jeff Daniels' character is that we're not let in, like, we're not let into the secret at the beginning of the movie. You know, we, we yeah. think that here's a guy who has a really straightforward life who all of a sudden, for some reason, is cheating on his wife, driving across you know multiple state lines, getting mm-hmm. involved in in crime, and it just seems like and he has kids, like yeah, we just we're not in on the secret that he's separated, and that's the sort of thing that that the audience loves to be in on the secret that the other character that only you know of a character that the other characters don't know. So we can understand why something's happening or what's funny about it or things like that. And in this mm-hmm. case, you're just like, what is this guy doing? He's just throwing his life away. Like, what sort <laughs> of, it doesn't even make sense. Why doesn't he just walk away? You know, and even if you know that information, some of that's probably still true anyway. But until they had that big reveal that his wife actually left him, which was like halfway through the movie, then you're like, okay, well, at least that understands why he would you know, hop in the car with a strange woman at the beginning. Because I don't think anyone else would really do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little forced. It's it's sort of, (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Yeah, I felt myself myself judging him until I knew that he was unattached. Because you're, and then weirdly, I was judging her because once she finds out that he wasn't still married... She was all pissed off. She was yeah. That know, didn't make any sense. No, I mean it. Do, it does in a weird way. It's and like in her her weird logic. She was like, "Well, you're the you're the straight nice guy. I'm the crazy one. <clears throat> I'm in, inviting you into my world of crazy. But as soon as I find out you're crazy or you lied, yeah, then you know she was like, oh. But it, I mean, it was yeah, maybe just right. a little manufactured conflict. But but maybe that's was that was her rules. Maybe she was just like, you know, if you're not going to lie to me, just like Rie Liotta lied to me, then this isn't going to work. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's sort of 
it's hard to get into it when you don't buy the the basic premise. Right. You know, from the get-go. And so the first half of the movie I found a little far-fetched and even worse than that, boring. I was just like, I was bored. I was bored. Right. And I, and about halfway through, I was watching with my wife, and I said, is this supposed to be a comedy? <laughs> you know, like, I, I, I couldn't quite... There's nothing funny happening, but it was relatively lighthearted. But I never right. smiled. I never chuckled. There wasn't any real jokes exactly. I, I, I was, I've had a hard, I was like, why am I watching this? Like, what, how is this, how is anyone entertained by this? It's just so, it was just so kind of bland, you know? And then once Ray Liotta shows up, I feel like it kind of perked up. And then I, you know, the last, you know, whatever, 45 minutes of it, I mean, it was too long, but everything with Ray, Ray Liotta, I was more, far more interested in just because he's so compelling. Well, right. As soon as he shows up, there's tension. Yeah. You know, there's no real tension. You're like, oh, well, what's what's he going to do? Go back to his life and work? Mm-hmm. No, you're more like, okay, well, hopefully she doesn't kill him or get thrown in jail, but he's relatively safe until he shows up. Yeah. Right. Hold, and until Ray Liotta showed up, I, I found myself trying to guess what was going on. I'm like, something must be going on. Like, is she dying? You know, is yeah, this her, that would make sense. Is, is this like her, her last hurrah, you know, sort of leaving Las Vegas style, I suppose, or something like that? And I kept waiting for something that never happened, <laughs> you know. Right. Minor reveal about Jeff Daniels' family, which I kind of guessed, you know, because we know, we know he spoke to his actual kids at one point. Right. Right. And we know he faked talking to his wife. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of infer. Yeah, you know something's that... up, but you're not sure what the deal yeah. is. Yeah. But yeah, once Ray Liotta shows up, though, I mean, he's great. This is like his first real role. Yeah. The the, the factoids say that uh, Melanie Griffith recommended him because he, they were in an acting class together. That's crazy. His he's hair, great. His hair is jet black. He's so young. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's crazy seeing him like that. And he seems much smaller. Yeah, he seems a little later. small. He I seemed mean, just kind of thin and young. And, you know, later he seems far more imposing physically, you know. Right. When, it, as he, when he got older. But yeah. Jeff Daniels isn't small either, so it's not like right. he's physically... He's, it's just that he's such a wild card. And he, I mean, I don't know how they believe a single word he says, because everything, everything he says is a lie. You know, like, yeah. He dumps the Irene, the other girl, at one gas station, goes to another gas station, robs that one. You know, like, it, it's just... He's, just... he's just a train wreck as soon as he shows up, but... yeah. I I found myself thinking, <clears throat> excuse me, that she should have tried harder to get away. You know, she was like, "Let's go." It, like she uh, at first, she's surprised. So I get, okay, maybe she hasn't formulated a plan. But then, when he's his big, <laughs> his big, uh, you know, uh, whatever ruse is like, "Let's go get one more drink," and they're like, "Okay," and <laughs> she she just she's like, "No." And Jeff's like, come on, or Charlie Briggs, whatever his name is. He's he by then he's he's good time Charlie, so you can't really blame him because he's just trying to go along like he's been doing the whole time. Yeah. But she is like she knows how serious this is, <coughs> and she should have done more to like divert him somehow. Yeah. And that continues for the rest of the movie, really, because she, you know, keeps doing. Well, I mean, it's not really on her after that, but. He's just nuts. Ray Ray Yolanda's character is nuts, and 
jealous and he just got out of the prison. So, you know, it pretty much it's there aren't a lot of surprises except for what they haven't told you about. Yeah. Um, but going back to the music just real quickly, cause it's the, it's probably my favorite part. of the, If I have a favorite part, it's Jeff Daniels dancing. <laughs> I, just, I got such a kick out of it. I mean, it was just, it was, it was hokey. I'm like, okay, it's, but you, you know, like that when you've never seen somebody dance and you're like wondering how they're going to dance and <laughs> like both, you know, as an actor and as a, you know, as a real person, you're just like. Let me see this. <laughs> and then when you did the moonwalk, I was like, oh, come on, the moonwalk? No, no, no. Get back to the goofy dancing you were doing a second ago. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> this weird gyration and moving his shoulders back and forth. and all. I don't know. Just, I like that. <laughs> I wanted more of that in the movie. I think the... Maybe the music kind of fits the movie. Like you never figure out where it's going or why, and it's it's just this chaotic hodgepodge of of scenes. Yeah. With, mm-hmm. with with a somewhere in his in his mind a song to match each scene. I know it's interesting because the the reviews for this movie are pretty high. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ebert gave it three and a half out of four stars. Other people gave it, uh, Chicago Tribune gave it four stars. Um, and that review was was interesting because they said, it's not every day that someone goes Alfred Hitchcock one better, but in something wild, Jonathan Demme has done it. What? Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, four stars? And like, you know, I, I, I was like, I didn't see it. And maybe if, Maybe because of the time that's happened, maybe we already, you know, we've we've got Natural Born Killers and so many other movies where crazy stuff happens. But yeah. I still think, even going back, it's, mm. you know, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty is not a great movie. But you at least know from the opening scenes what the character needs in his life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so once he gets set on this trip path, you know why. And for us, we never had that. We never know why any of these characters are on their path until, except for Ray Liotta, who is just on his path of destruction. Mm-hmm. But that's halfway through the movie. Yeah, I, I was thinking that his wife leaving, leaving him and taking his kids and Go, running off with her dentist was worthy of more than a, a single line. Yeah. Right. And if you're going to have it as a single line, it's got to be right near the beginning. You know, like, like show us that this guy is down and out for the count. And then all of a sudden this crazy thing happens and he's like, well, whatever I'm in, you know, like, yeah, give it, give us that, you know, like, yeah. yeah his, his entire character is based on, him walking out on a track in the beginning. Yeah. You know, and her seeing, ooh, this guy, maybe he's up for some shenanigans. And so, you know, she chooses him somehow to, to you know. As a, it never, it, you sorry, know. go ahead. No, go ahead. That's it. I was just going to say, it never really made sense to me that he lies to her about being married. Like, why? 
Well, I think he understood that she, why she picked him. I think she, I think he understood that, that he was the guy with the wife and kids in the city with the big job and the, you know, and the picket fence and stuff. And that was why she chose him that, and hmm. you know, she but thought he was she, a little She cute. would really know to, that he's going to go along and come to her mom's house. No, that was the fun though. She got to see if he would, how far he would come. It was a weird game for her. I mean, you know. Oh, I, it's just like, she's like, I'm I, just going to play this yeah. game this week with this guy. Yeah, I, mean, pretty I think much. that I, I can see some of that because when she started to, you know, when she played her first game with the handcuffs, you know, there's a moment there's some tension. You're like, what in the world is going to happen? He just let a stranger handcuff him, you mm-hmm. know? Where you're like, right? Is you're he not just sure she... get robbed. Exactly. Just like, what? What's gonna happen? She still and can then be a con, does, con person. Yeah, and then when she does what she does, which is to put his boss on the phone, and then just starts having sex with him, you're like, oh my god, she's twisted. Like, you know, and you're like, now where is this gonna go? Like, you got this crazy lady, but then you know the craziness kind of fades away a little bit i mean she does some other things like you know sticks him with the chat to make him run out of the restaurant which is you know also weird fun but it you know in some ways she's like the more innocent version of ray Liotta, but still just on this crazy you know out of control path of life <laughs> but you don't you don't know why you don't you know that's what i'm saying we're not in on any of any of their secrets so we're just watching and it's really hard to hard to yeah and and we're and we're taking everything at surface level i was noticing toward the end like okay where well, there's another costume change you know like it was very much about image and clothes and stuff like that you know like well, maybe it wasn't that much, but it seemed like it was like there was some weird focus on that because by the end, he's where you know he's wearing more um, <laughs> patterns in his clothes. You know, he's, there's both they're both dressed in black and white, and she's still got <laughs> she's got a fancy hat on at the end, and which is fine. But like, he was supposed to go from like an uptight. Okay, I got the three piece suit. Then he then he puts on a thrift store suit, which somehow he doesn't. I didn't really get that scene either. I was like, why why doesn't he like this? Is is there because it's from a thrift store? I don't know. It was, but I, like he's he's gradually loosening up, loosening up, and his clothing are his clothes loose loosen up as well, which is fine as an accent. But it seemed like it was a feature. I was like, okay, what? We I don't really don't care that much what they look, what what they're wearing or what music they're listening to or, you know what I mean? Like yeah, it, it was eighties in that way. It was like you know this is this is how we see each other. I mean, of course they're strangers, so they're gonna make some assumptions about each other but we as the audience since we like sam just said we don't, we don't have much to go on so we're sucked into that like oh well he's the banker guy and she's the you know the wild wild card you know that that's gonna mess up his life and that that's fine but who are they really i still by the end of the movie i still don't know who they are yeah i mean maybe like he because even the end like i thought I couldn't remember it, which was nice, but I couldn't remember like how the whole final scene was going to go. And <laughs> he picks up the knife and he goes, no, Ray. And then Ray turns around right into the knife, <laughs> which is interesting. It absolves him from actually doing 
murder, I guess. Sort of. Um, it also allows her to see him as just like, oh, it's the same guy I, I like. He's not a killer. He's not like, he didn't lose his shit and just, you know, protect me and beat the hell out of this guy. He just happened to, you know, I mean, he did. I mean, they, they did fight for quite a while, but at the end, like, you know, he didn't have to actually do the dirty work. So he's still kind of the same guy, just, just more yeah. himself. Like he was just becoming himself. And she even says like this other side, you know, what are you gonna do with this other side of you? And he's like, Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> and then the, the main thing I didn't like about that was that we don't see him die. We don't see Ray Liotta. Like he stares at the mirror, wipes blood on his head. He's just kind of mull- he's just wandering around down the hallway and then cut to ambulances. What movie do you not get to see the villain die? <laughs> this one. <laughs> Can't argue with any of that. <laughs> <laughs> I I see this movie like Quentin Tarantino could remake this movie. Sure. Hmm. There, there's, there's a lot of in here where you're like, oh, Quentin Tarantino would be like, oh no, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. But there's a lot of the, I don't know. There were certain things, and you know, I guess, I guess like the the dark wig, which is not quite Uma Thurman wig, uh, and the. <laughs> The the stupid clothing change in the gas station, which you know, totally reminds me of Samuel Jackson and John Travolta, yeah. you know, <laughs> right. putting on the clothes after Are they you get going bloody. To a volleyball game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. They're your clothes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's a certain months. Yeah. The the, the the big fight and. Yeah. And not everybody dies. Well, there's at the a, end, there's but... a there's a lot of dialogue in this movie. There's a lot of yeah. people just talking, and and the dialogue's not terribly snappy, you know. Yeah, like it, that's it, what it needs. It, yeah. You know? <clears throat> yeah. His his work buddy's wife is. Uh, <laughs> She's my favorite character in this movie. <laughs> very interesting character. What's <laughs> her name? I can't. It's great. She like sounded Duffy. like. Uh, she sounded. Like like Billy Bob Thorne in Sling Blade. She's like, they're going to get into trouble with those guys. <laughs> French fried potatoes. You know. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I wish I knew what her name was. I can look her up. I can't remember. I don't remember either. <laughs> so at the thrift store, there were two, the two ladies were their mothers you saw that right the mm-hmm. jonathan demi and mama burns whatever whatever her, whatever her name is yeah she looks like david Byrne, actually <laughs> yeah. same eyebrows and stuff i thought that was cute i like i like that you know and he, and he of course he uses a lot of the same characters um like you know like some of our double ups like charles napier oh yeah, yeah. he was the mad chef in that restaurant yeah <laughs> Random, hmm. but I think he's in other Demi movies, right? He's in. He was in Married to the Mob. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah, also you know, in the Cable Guy. Cable Guy. In and terms of double ups, Blue and Blues Brothers, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Unforgettable and Austin Powers. Yeah. 
Which we haven't done yet. <laughs> Which we haven't done yet. <laughs> no, but he seems to like the same actors and and use them more than once. I, you know, he's. I got no, no problem with the loyalty. Um, I'm trying to think of another one, but it escapes uh, my mind. Yeah, uh, in terms oh, of double ups, Tracy Walter. Yeah, exactly. Is in Repo Man and Batman. Now, yes. does he go by another name? Is Tracy Walter the guy in the liquor liquor store? No, that's somebody else. Uh, is that? It's he credited. Was, yeah, uh, no, he, yeah. See, so he's the guy in the liquor store who starts. He has a British accent. Yeah, and then later when they talk to him, he doesn't have an accent at all, <coughs> which is just fucking weird. It is weird. <laughs> <laughs> he's just a guy who likes to pretend to have a British accent. Yeah, he's got he's got a big pipe and a bulldog yeah. in the corner. <laughs> but wait, I, th- I mean, I, th- I that was I th- what I thought too. I'm like, that's the guy. And mm-hmm. then he must ha- he must go by Schwartz or, or um, Red. What is it? What? I don't know. Oh well, uh, I can't find the. Anyway, he's credited as something else, not Tracy. In this, I believe so. Yeah. I could be wrong. <laughs> I often am. Uh, I yeah, I don't know. But yeah, we just covered him in Midnight Run. Hmm. Well, well, well. That lady <laughs> was in no other movies. The, the quirky <laughs> wife. And some oh. tissue. Yeah. She's nothing else. She must nothing be related else. to somebody. No other. She was a lead singer of a punk band. Oh, there you go. But no other film credits. If you had, if this movie, I mean, because it's kind of two movies. It's like this weird romance weirdness in the beginning. And then the second half is a more of a thriller. I mean... I don't, I'm not sure. I, I think both of them on their own are kind of weak. As as if they were if it was just one of the other movie, but put them together and it's kind of like okay, there's like a twist to it. So do you think that's the gimmick, or am I being overly harsh on one one part or the other? Um, I, I guess what I'm asking is like, it's the, the gimmicks the unpredictable change in genre. Or yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's like kind of like two movies. It is, and I, it's I not. Think that's part of it. Yeah, it seemed welcome when it cha- when it shifted. I was like, okay, something's happening. This is interesting. But then by the end, I was like, oh, that was kind of a lame thriller. <laughs> not horrible. It was you know it was passable. Yeah, it just, it just wasn't great. I think Sean, the actor you were thinking of, is named George Red. Schwartz. Yeah. Okay. But they credit him as Counterman, and it's sep- a separate credit from Tracy Walter, who's the country squire. Oh. Yes. They look similar, but they're not the same person. Yeah. Yes. Red Schwartz is the one I was thinking of. Countryman. Oh, is he the one that gave him the hangover cure and gave him the line about the dog and the lion? No, that didn't. Uh, I don't that know. was that was a random dude. Okay, uh, I'm okay with not knowing. yeah that was like so that's that's the thing he remembers at the end he's like he sees his work buddy is back in the office he's quitting his job he just got 
for because, right. uh, which we don't know why he never says yes like it's just too corporate for him now apparently um and he's like you know uh better to be a a live dog than a dead lion or something like that you know yeah which is a some paraphrase of ecclesiastes or some something i didn't know that i looked it up i didn't <laughs> I'm not that biblical. Okay, that that helps though. It's not the same person. This Red Schwartz guy <laughs> with his weird pipe and his weird accents. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I think there's sort of a gap, or not a gap, but like a. There needs to be some sort of explanation for her just immediately robbing a liquor store. You know? Yeah. Like, I get wanting him to be, you know, like, her jumping out in the restaurant and making him run out on the check. That sort of fits. <coughs> but her just randomly robbing a liquor store because she can is, is like, I don't know, just some unexplained weirdness. Yep. That's the whole thing, is if we knew a little bit more about her, because otherwise, like I said, it seems like she's the slightly more innocent, hasn't been caught version of Ray Liotta. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, if, if we knew that she's struggling to try to quit, like she has some weird, you know, psychiatric disease in which she is to steal and lie all the time, you know, like... Like something, you know, like that she's, you know, and that she thinks that spending time with Charlie will care, whatever goofy thing you want to make up, but at least have something. Otherwise, there's no rhyme or reason to all of her motivations. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing at the end to be like, why would they even, why would, why would the audience at any point believe that these two actually would fall in love with each other and want to spend more time together? I thought the best example of explaining her was meeting her mother and her mother's this really ordinary Midwest person or sort of Midwest Pennsylvania, whatever. Um, and, and that, but then when she says like, so you're, you can't, you know, like she kind of knows what's going on when they're washing dishes. She says to Charlie, like, you know, you're not the, you couldn't have been husband that long. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, I, I kind of just met her. And she's like, well, good luck. You know, she's got a weird, some weird views on life, that sort of thing. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like, she, like I was expecting, like she's playing the harpsichord. That's perfect. You know, like, oh, okay, we're sitting down and you're just imagining why she wanted to leave home. Why did she want to get away and be someone new? If that's, that's one way to describe her character. Another way to describe it is, is She's getting away from all these people, but she really doesn't want to get away from them because she goes to the reunion. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. So again, there's like, uh, I don't understand it. I mean, it's, I'm glad it's not just Ray Liotta and her past. It's, it's like a combination of things. That's fine. But I thought they were getting close to something by showing her, her old life and her, her real family, which she just kind of, she lies to her family like everyone else. The missed opportunity. Like it was getting close there. I was like, ah, I don't know. Not quite. <laughs> yeah. 
finishing up on Double Ups, the the dad of Mama Dad's restaurant. He's apparently a producer. He was producer. He was producer for all of these movies we've done. I mean, all of Demi, Demi's movies. Every movie we've done. <laughs> Every single movie we've ever done is by this guy. No, Philadelphia, Silence of the Lambs, Married to the Mob, something wild. And he, you know, he's an actor going back, way back, but mostly producer. All right. Production manager on The Wiz, that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> the whiz <laughs> just one example just one marvelous example that Cohen loves <laughs> I like the whiz oh you do like the whiz I, I, I do that just, was the one you would like that was one of the I like musicals it. you like it's fucking weird I dig yeah, that I gotta watch that again it's got good music and it does <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, all right yeah what are we doing next? We're done. Are, are we done with something wild? Yeah. We're, we're going to go back to our day jobs, our, our normal lives? Or are we going to stay on the road and get crazy? That was supposed to be a segue. I don't know if it worked at all. <laughs> I guess we'll stay on the road and get crazy. Okay. All right. So it's my pick, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Please be something good. Well... Oh, <laughs> is that fair? Wait a minute, is that fair? Sam just picked something he's never seen before, which is, you know, yeah, okay. it was a gamble. It was, you know, it was, it was a mix. Uh, you know, it's all right. I mean, it's already picked. I've already picked it, so like you can say whatever you want. But, okay. uh, you know, right. <laughs> there's no influence going on here. Uh, let's see. We are going to fast forward to the early '90s. Cool. And it is a comedy starring two actors who have made many films together. Early 90s comedies duo. Mm-hmm. Um, can I ask if we've covered these actors before? I do not think we have. Uh, well, mm-hmm. no, that's not entirely true. One of them, at least one of the two, has been in something else that we've talked that we've discussed. But maybe not a big on role. On the show. And that was a fairly big role. It wasn't a starring role because it was an ensemble piece. Okay. So, let's see. Uh, the primary cast is mostly older people. Older. It's like a, oh. like a Jack Lemmon, Walter Matthau yes. sort Grumpy of combo. Old man. Yes, and yes. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, that was my next pick. It was it? <laughs> yeah. Really? I had it written down, yeah. Wow. I stole your pick. Well, I think it's on something right now, right? Is it? I believe it's available somewhere. Um, I mean, I I was wa- I was just watching it, a little bit of it, the other day. Because yeah. I, I find it amusing. Yeah. Especially, um, oh, what's his name? His dad. Oh yeah, uh, Mer- uh, Meredith uh, Brooks. Mer- yeah. No, no, not Meredith. Uh, Meredith. Uh, Burgess Meredith. Burgess Meredith. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, he's really funny. <laughs> it, it looks like it's mostly for rent. I don't oh. think it's really included in any of the streamers yet. It's just for rent. I should have taped it. I, I taped. 
taped. I, I knew you would say it. I knew you pointed that out. Every time I said taped, I'm like, Sam's going to say something. There you go. Yeah, I'm going to get out my I mean, camcorder. I'm sorry. I should have digitally recorded it. I think I might own a digital copy of this movie. Sweet. Really? Yeah. Uh, I don't remember anything do about it other than the fact that I saw it once. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, wow. I don't remember a single thing. No kidding. I've seen it many times. Cool. This is going to be a good time if we can find it. Well. I, I, yeah, it was on some random... It was, But it was cut for television anyway, so... Lame. Don't want that. It's on Amazon for three. Uh, Google's two ninety nine. Find a if you want. Here if, we go. If you try, I think it's archive.org. <laughs> Good old archive.org. Yeah. Um, and who made this movie again? I can't even remember. Uh, D- Donald Petrie or Daniel Petrie, the fil- the director. Yeah, I, I mean, it's Donald Petrie. Donald Petrie. Yeah. He also made a dish. Yeah. Wait a second. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we can't talk anything more about it. Correct. Not a word. Well, it's appropriate because around these parts, it's plenty snowy. We're having a heat wave, a tropical heat wave. I I know it doesn't make sense. You'll get it when you see the movie. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next time. This has been one of our most wild reviews. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It really is something. It's something. <laughs> it's top shelf something. Something wild. Oh, and I kept wondering, like throughout the whole movie I was really tired of people saying the words wild you know, like uh wild thing. Oh yeah. Like the allusion to that and or the direct reference over and over wild thing, even the last song, I'm like, why the fuck didn't they just call this movie Wild Thing? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe because it's already taken? I don't know. Is it? I don't know. Wild Thing sounds like a movie title. Um, <laughs> did you think when they were having when they were singing Wild Thing in the car with the guitar? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's Jeff Daniels singing with. You can't. You can't tell me you didn't think of Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> singing Mockingbird. Oh. Mock, see. Yeah. Ding, see. Bird. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh man, I wish I was watching that right now. <laughs> yeah. There was actually, there was a couple scenes where I was like, it, it, I kept thinking about Dumb and Dumber. Reminded me of it. We didn't cover it very much, but I mean, Jeff Daniels, I like him as an actor. I like, I, I like too. watching him. I, I enjoy, I enjoy his work. I do too. I just even didn't though, like him much in this. Yeah. Even though I prefer him being stupid with a bowl haircut, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Can't win them all. Nope. It is weird that he's in Looper as the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, that's weird casting too. Oh, one more thing cast. Like if you could cast someone other than Melanie, Melanie Griffith. <coughs> no offense to her, but if you could cast like who would make this better? I mean, oh, we didn't mention that like um what's his name? Uh Kevin Klein was considered for oh, the role. Yeah. But like, who who would be better than Melanie Griffith? Today or then? Then, or you know, the best you can do with whatever you can come up with. 
Someone like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with Sam. Like, the mousy voice, which just wasn't doing it for me. It just didn't yeah. seem like it fit her. her yeah. Character. Agreed. Oh, well. Maybe we'll. If anyone has the perfect casting for Something Wild, 1986, please write us at thefilmwiththreebrains at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> the interns mm. will get back to you. Yeah. All right. I think I think oh. about so now that you asked it now I'm thinking about it, I, I think about um sort of Laura Dern in um mm. in uh the the um the oh my god my brain just shut off with Nicolas Cage blue wow. uh, uh yeah the um wild at heart or wild yeah wild at heart yes yeah I think about her in that and then I picture her in this. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just the title similarities. I don't know, but I thought she was great in Wild at Heart. I really liked her, and I'm wondering if she'd have been in something wild. Would it have been? Better? I don't know. I mean, there, I'm sure there's other actresses who have sort of like a dark, sort of con man sort of thing about them that yeah would have been good. But I'm not coming up with anything right now. Yeah, and we're out of time. But two years later, she Melanie Griffin makes Working Girl, which everyone saw in mm-hmm. the '80s. Yeah, and that was a very different movie because, you know, it was about women's empowerment, and at least in the '80s, it was mm-hmm. what we considered women's empowerment. Empowerment, and this is like the, you know, stereotypical wild girl with the past, and it's kind of the opposite, sort of. I don't know. I just thought mm-hmm. it was interesting that she would be cast in both kind of roles. Yeah, I think of like to me the role missed missed having like. I mean, it's clearly a lead role, and, it, yeah. and to me, it should have been. And with the things that she's doing, it should have been, like, in my mind, a really, like, a, a woman who you would expect to see strong lead roles from, mm-hmm. um, like mm-hmm. Sigourney Weaver, Jamie Lee Curtis, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. I don't know. I was thinking maybe done. Demi Moore. Yeah, she could have done it. You see that? Yeah. Hmm. You know. But you can't have like a Julia Roberts. She's too plain. No. I mean, that's like, that's the biggest weakness about um, Pretty Woman is that I just can't buy Julia Roberts as a a prostitute. Well, maybe we'll review it one day and we can. uh... (laughs) I like how you use the word buy. Come on, let's be sex positive here. What? Sex workers need real. I don't know. I don't know. No, seriously. They, they, you know, come on. Who else could have done it? I'm going to think about that for a while. (laughs) Yeah. I always like to give them a a little something to chew on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe one of our good listeners will write in and come up with the perfect suggestion. Yes. That would be nice. Could Kim Basinger do it? Yeah. She might. Yeah, yeah, I could see I that. Don't know, I, think. I don't know if she might be, maybe uh, too young. Is, no, I was gonna say too attractive. If that's like to be, like if a if a, I mean, I'm not nothing against Melanie Griffith. She's beautiful, um, but like she's got all the bangles and stuff with her, and and she comes out, and he's supposed to believe that she's a waitress, and he, he totally buys that. But uh, if. 
you know what I mean? Like if mm-hmm. she was too a little too glamorous, she'd you'd, you'd be like, "What? Why are you talking to me? What's going on?" Anyway, <laughs> maybe we just can't save this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Say love you. All right. Next time. I feel yes. like grumpy old men is kind of like it's a little too much like we've got some grumpy old men reviewing grumpy old men <laughs> it's getting a little close to home these days huh? yeah. <laughs> get out of here well, I was going to do some ice fishing later but you know I'll cancel it yeah alright alright that's enough movie buff I'm out cool wrap it up I'll take it that's the fun with me brains wrap 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 wrap